The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. All right, everyone, it's Monday, November 20th. We are here to chat with you all about the Virginia Tech loss to NC State. Happened on Saturday, NC State 35, Virginia Tech 28. Joining me in Arlington, Virginia, down there is Billy Ray Mitchell. My name is Pat Finn. I have migrated back to the home state of New Jersey ahead of the gobbler gobbling uh, bird consumption holiday on Thursday <laughs> before we all gobbled down to Charlottesville on Saturday. I know, I know that song shipping up to Boston. We did that a few weeks ago, but on Saturday we will be gobbling down to Charlottesville. Billy Ray, how are you? I'm good. I, um, I'm, this is gonna sound vain. I hate the way I look when I when I shampoo my hair. I kind of look like a second grade dweeb right now. I look like Mr. Coconut Head from Ned's Declassified. Um, so I'm sure I'll be hearing about that in the comments. But no, I mean, do you not own a hat? The sun has. Yeah, I know. I don't have a hat. Um, the sun has set on a really fun home slate of a uh, Virginia Tech football. Um, gonna break down this football game. And uh, just a sore taste in the mouth after a, after a great time in the in the Terror Dome. So, um, 35-28, NC State makes their way to Blacksburg, Virginia. Uh, I'll say this at the top of the podcast because, because I think he certainly deserves it. Dave Doran, coach of the year in the ACC, if it's not going to be Brom. Um, really, really masterful job by him um, this season. Brennan Armstrong comes in feeling pretty good about it. And Brennan Armstrong played his tail off, but um, this is going to be one of those podcasts guys. Uh, you could probably hear it by the beginning, a little, little upset here. Um, we have a huge game to preview. This is probably the, it's a good thing. We're not playing against an opponent because this is probably the look ahead podcast as we all look ahead to the UVA game, but uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about this one. So um, uh, I'm going to have an awesome time talking about this game. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we're going to start things off, not with a hooky haiku, because we didn't get any haiku submissions, but I do need to shout out our friend, Hokey Hack. We ran into him at Chipotle after the game. And well, it's so, that, that, was, that was such a crazy occurrence, because game ends, and I immediately head over to Chipotle. And I just sent to a bunch of group chats. I was like, hey, I'm, I'm getting sad, Chipotle. Um, I got in there, I got food in about four minutes and I ate it by myself. And, uh, Pat was walking by, saw me through the uh, glass, came in and, uh, then we ran into hokey hack and, and recorded a couple hokey haikus slightly, uh, slightly inebriated. Those were, uh, not suitable for work or Twitter or the internet. So the um, internet it was a fun memory. No, uh, subscribe to the Patreon to get access to said, uh, haikus those things are are definitely locked in the drafts but hilarious yeah. hilarious mm -hmm. running into our guy hack uh where did we watch where do we tailgate i gotta tell you the vibe the vibe on saturday was awesome we were having mm -hmm. I, I probably a top five tailgating day since yeah since covid19 agree great Disagree. tailgate great no great tailgate great weather um Awesome, awesome vibes. Everybody was happy. We had a ton of Sons of Saturday people uh, in town for the game. Um, 
my day was a little bit um i know we're rambling here my day was a little bit ruined i decided to buy a pair of cowboy boots on friday and then wear them for the first time on saturday um so my my feet felt like world war three the entire day that was really the only damper uh damper on it love your boots great boots though good looking boots i will tell you layaway five payments fun fun uh funny video of billy ray rocking his new boots uh put on the x timeline from pete b great weather i did make fun of a few friends early in the morning at the german club because i saw that they were wearing shorts uh, i'm mm-hmm. sorry guys uh i take it back and uh, this is my public apology but uh man the vibes were at an all-time high kathleen and i distributed hundreds of sons of saturday beat nc state buttons at the manor uh missed like the entirety of our own tailgate um but i wouldn't i wouldn't change a thing got to hang out with my sister on her last ever game day as a student uh at home and we had a ton of fun and ran into a ton of awesome people while handing out those buttons but let's get into the game sons of stats have a few key stats that were jumping off the box score from saturday Uh, The first one, time of possession in the first half, it was roughly 20, 21 minutes to nine minutes in favor of NC State. Uh, They were holding on to the ball, having picking up their first downs um, and overall time of possession on Saturday, NC State 40 minutes, Virginia Tech 20. You talked about the uh, first half. Uh, we ran 17 plays in the first half, uh, 18 if you want to count a kneel down. Um, it was it was the NC State going up and down the field show um, for that first half. Uh, I, I said this at, at halftime. It really seemed like NC State out us, um, especially if you were to watch the game last week where Virginia Tech just absolutely dominates time of possession against, uh, against Boston College, and that, that script was completely flipped. Uh, in NC, NC State's favor this week. Also, the third down offense for Tech, we converted Ooh. one third down all day. Hokies were one of seven. NC State, on the other hand, was seven of 15, and they were also one of one on fourth down, which was a Casey Concepcion touchdown. Uh, Tech also... <laughs> held NC State to zero combined points in the first quarter and the fourth quarter. Yet we surrendered 35 points in the second and the third quarter. Just really could not stop them. And Mm -hmm. what's funny, not funny, but NC State had zero points off of turnovers. It's not like we were giving them a short field every single time. We just could not stop them from orchestrating these long chunk play after chunk play drives um main takeaway here and you know we could save this for the end but at the end of the day virginia tech has played three good teams this year florida state louisville and nc state and unfortunately has lost all three of those games i know two of those games were on the road and this was the only one at home and although the box score shows a one possession loss yeah it kind of was more of a lopsided game where we lost control pretty early, dug ourselves into a pretty big hole and looked, looked pretty good climbing ourselves out. But unfortunately um, they stole the couple ladder. notes, couple, couple, no, couple notes on that. <laughs> Absolutely should not be looked at as a one possession game. That that's number no. one. Uh, I would say NC state beat Virginia tech pretty soundly on Saturday. Number two. And I'm surprised I have to correct you on this. Got to give a little more props to Rutgers. I think you could say four good teams. I think Rutgers is a is, is has a pretty good football team, comparable to NC State. The difference with this game and the other ACC losses were the talent disparity wasn't at the level uh, that it was against Louisville and that it was against Florida State. Florida State and Louisville are two supremely, supremely talented football teams with great, great coaches. Um Whereas NC State, I think this game was was won and lost um, in the X's and O's. Uh, we're going to get into this when we talk about uh, specifically the defense, but uh, Coach Anae 
at NC State did a masterful job um, just scheming us up. And uh, NC State comes in, handles business, and um, it's a good way to put it. The the three and four best teams that we played against, we have we have been beaten. We have been beaten soundly. Um, that's what happened on Saturday. Before we dive into the offense here, did you have something? I saw you raised your hand. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think I think Rutgers is probably the fourth best team we played this year, but I do think that NC State, Florida State, and Louisville are definitely in a higher tier than Rutgers at this point. Rutgers is six and five; they've lost three in a row. Um, you know, I love Rutgers. I just you know they're they're probably a six and six team versus NC State could be nine and three. Louisville is already in double digits. Florida State already in double digits. Um, I mean, we but- can. We can debate this. Rutgers plays in the Big Ten. They've played a harder schedule. If NC okay, State and Rutgers out. play tomorrow. Are we going to argue that the Big Ten is that much better? Yes, absolutely. Have, without, with, 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 without question. Yes, without question. Rutgers finishes top five in the ACC. Put it in the comments. Who do you think okay. would beat? Who do you think would win in a game, NC State or Rutgers? Put it in the comments. We'll let the On a neutral say. field, what does the Sons of Saturday model – uh, predict who wins NC State or Rutgers. No, would love to. By the way, like the video, smash the like button uh, below. <laughs> Shout out to our guys at Red White Pod. Um, smash the like button and subscribe. But yeah, comment below what you think. Um, what would the line be on a Rutgers NC State game on a neutral field? Before we talk about the offense, shout out to our guys at Benny's. An unbelievable first season of slices in the stadium. Um, pizza abound, PBR abound. Good vibes abound. Uh, this football season saw great football. It saw great pizza. It saw me eat pizza off the ground. Uh, but you can still go ahead and get yourself some Benny's pizza. Call up your local Benny's joint. They are all over the East Coast. Mention Sons of Saturday. You'll get $5 off of your pie. So shout out our friends over at Benny's Pizza. The f- the Talk to you about thing- this offense. Well, the first thing my dad said to me on the phone yesterday as we were driving up to New Jersey was, how was the game and did Billy eat any ground pizza? So uh, (laughs) maybe we'll have one credit a year for ground pizza. He used up all his credits this year, but uh, fear not, Benny's team, Billy Ray, will be back uh, consuming ground pizza in 2024. Mm -hmm. Offensively, we're going to talk about the offense first. Okay, so... Here is the first drive after NC State goes up 7-0. It was a punt fest throughout the entirety of the first quarter, and then NC State sustains a a bit longer of a drive, and they punch it in right at the beginning of the second quarter. First down, Basial Tootin gets pretty much a a telegraphed pass in the backfield. Uh, Peyton Wilson was all over it. He knew it was coming, and it was a loss of six. Second down and 16, Tootin gains nine yards, but there's an illegal shift and a holding. Uh, tough play for Caden Moore. And uh, instead of, you know, uh, third down and seven, it is second and 25. Drones hits Daquan Wright for three yards, making it third and 22. And then in the ESPN play-by-play, it says it was a false start on Peter Moore. Uh, probably a common occurrence since there is, Braylon, Caden, and Peter Moore uh, suiting up on the offensive side of the ball uh, when Virginia Tech has the ball. But one of the Moore brothers had a false start in third and 22. So we have third and 27 from our own eight-yard line. Karen Jones goes for 13 to our own 31 or our own 21. We got fourth and 14 from our own 21-yard line. Peter Moore has a 39-yard punt. And just like that, after NC State – has scored their first touchdown of the day, uh, three and out, and all of a sudden they are taking over at their own 40-yard line, fresh off of scoring a touchdown. Uh, our defense, get back out there. Uh, you guys got to go contain Brennan Armstrong and Casey Concepcion again. Um, Peyton Wilson was all over the field. I mean, this guy was unbelievable all day long. We'll definitely – be on the top of NFL draft boards, but 11 tackles, three and a half tackles for loss and a sack pretty much need to give this guy the Buckus award. Uh, he has like 125 tackles on the year. The dude is unbelievable. I would say that he's probably the best player that I've seen play live all season. 
Um, it's not only when he's making plays, it's that he's around the ball every single time that, uh, there's an, there's an offensive snap, um, complete difference maker. Um, his cardio is unbelievable. Um, he's an amazing player. The best player I've seen us play all all season long. So hats off to Peyton Wilson guy also Um, wears like no pads. He dresses like a wide receiver kind of, uh, Maddie Gardner pointed this out. He's got a jersey rolled up he's showing some six pack he's got his pants rolled up to like his uh his mid quads no uh he, he, i don't know how he uh how he plays linebacker dressed like that but um what an interesting observation you won't get that on another podcast but uh incredible <laughs> incredible player so one thing i wanted to I, we have so we, we break out our offense and defense kind of saying what was good what was bad and this is a kind of a, a double-edged sword here Virginia Tech, the first two touchdowns we scored on Saturday uh, were both in a did-we-score-too-fast situation where our defense has been on the field all day long. Um, We mentioned in the first half they were on the field for two-thirds of the time and two-thirds of the entirety of the game. Um, Our first touchdown, one play, 47 yards, 11 seconds, and our second touchdown – was two plays for 76 yards and 45 seconds after uh, Jalen Lane's catch and run and uh, a big play to uh, Daquan Felton for a touchdown. These two drives for a combined 56 seconds and our first 14 points of the game were in the middle of NC State scoring five touchdowns on five consecutive drives. Um, The last NC State touchdown was on a – uh, four play 75 yard drive, uh, you know, to, to heighten their lead to 35 to 14. But you can't say that it's a bad thing when you're, when you're putting together big plays, but it was unfortunate that Virginia Tech's two first scoring drives of the game came so quickly where our defense had to get right back out there after they'd been on the field all half and really all game. Yeah, I think um, I think aside from our uh, from our defense's ability to schematically stop NC State, they were asked to be on the football field a ton. Um, the the one question that I really think needs to be posed at this point is the Bashal Tutin discussion with uh, two carries, one reception for negative yardage. I did not see it uh, from my vantage point. Um, understandably so. Uh, the reports are that Bashal Tutin was like vis- visibly upset. Um, with his usage on Saturday. And it wasn't just Tootin. There were, I believe, three total carries by running backs the entire afternoon. And look, I understand we're battling back. We're down most of the football game. You're playing catch up. Um, but again, it comes back to like who is Virginia Tech, right? And Virginia Tech is a team who uh has been able to establish the run in most football games following the um Rutgers game. We established the run in the Marshall game, then we went away from it. Um, and we were just kind of playing a game that we hadn't played all season and I didn't really understand it. Uh, I don't think that regardless of what the score is, you can completely go away from a guy like Basil Tootin, who has been the most productive player on our offense all season long, uh, outside of the quarterback position. So just a, just a little head scratcher for me. Um, I thought the, I thought the utilization of Basil Tootin was odd. Um, that's just kind of how I feel about it. Yeah, there. You know, if you look at the stat sheet, it doesn't show that he had a reception. So he was actually utilizing the passing game, but it was behind the line. So it pretty much plays as a lateral. Um, but he did not get a carry until the third drive of the game. And uh, you know, there are some other plays that don't show up on the stat sheet that were negated from penalties as well. But I think there's just. Not much commentary, or why would we get away from from leveraging? Is Tootin our best player on offense? You know, you can make that argument. Why is he getting the ball? You know, one or two times in the first half, just doesn't really make sense. Um, Malachi Thomas, you could say the same thing. We have two really strong running backs. Coach Price said, you know, two or three weeks ago, you know, I'd put these guys up against anyone in the country. Um, so just confusing why we did not lean on them a little bit more especially after last week where running the football really helped us dominate uh, the football game. So hoping to see a lot of them next week. 
Yeah. Yeah. Hoping to see a lot of him next week. Um, flipping over to the good side of things, Kyron drones, 225 yards passing three touchdowns. I was specifically impressed with how he threw the football down the field. Again, he was asked to do a lot. You look at his 17 of 30 line. I think it could have been much better. Uh, several drops. We had a big one from Felton on a curl on the far on the uh, home side of the field. We had a big play down the field to, I believe, Jalen Lane. I think it hit him in the face. Uh, now, no, it wasn't uh, hit in the face as uh, as egregious as the West Virginia game or maybe the punt return in Georgia Tech in 2019. But 2018, um, 2018 I do think that uh, we had some drops there. And on the positive side of things as well, we did finish with 28 points. So um, those are a couple of things you can hang your hat on. Yeah, I mean, if there's really one thing that we've identified and can point at as a big-time success this season, it's finding our quarterback and and finding a guy that gives us an opportunity to, to score points, and that is Kyron Jones. He can he can be a game manager, but he can also really just punch in the throat. Um, mm-hmm. Made some really awesome throws. Just whether it is when he rolls out to his right and hits someone on the run, like I feel like a few times this season he'll roll out, stretch the pocket, and hit Jalen Lane in stride, and then Lane will go for, you know, another 20 or 30 yards. I feel like we've seen that countless times. The deep ball to Felton is so, so, so dangerous, and uh, Daquan Felton has been awesome this second half of the season. And then uh, really just seeing his athleticism as well. There was that one trick play reverse throw to Jalen Lane where Drones rolled out to his right and then kind of did like a jump throw back across the field to Jalen Lane, and then Lane you know, used his athleticism and found a few holes and picked up a, a good chunk. Um, I will say there were a few throws, just from watching the condensed game, where Drones hits the receiver, but just a little high where they have to go up and get it a little bit. Um, you know, just something to be something to be a little bit cautious about. You know, on um, on one of the interceptions that was called back went a little high on Gosnell had to climb the ladder and ended up being tipped. And, you know, we can see that being a threat to, um, you know, to the opposition turning over the ball, but overall really pleased with drones and he's taking care of the football really well all year. So I'm fired up. I'm uh, I'm excited to see more of him next week. And then we have to talk about our guy, Xavion Turner, Bradshaw, Billy Ray. I mean, I saw this guy in the field and everybody that was around me, I said, Xavier Tavion Tavion Bradshaw is getting is getting the ball. Um, every single time that he's on the field, it seems like he gets the football. I don't know if it's a situation where <laughs> where it's a situation where we draw the play up and we say, Okay, go run this play specifically right now. Um, and he goes out and does it. This'll this I'm gonna lean on you for this comp. Coach Holmes compared him to Richard Johnson. I, without having the uh, historical knowledge of Virginia Tech, don't know who that is. Um, again, I'll probably get crushed for it, but he said that he's a guy that comes in. Uh, he was a reverse. He was a you know reverse pass type of gadget guy. Um, but uh, his utilization, I- I'd love to find a way for one, him to gain about 20 pounds and uh, two, for him to be on the field more. He's, uh, he's super explosive. Incredibly fun to watch. Richard Johnson had to be between 99 and 2003. And I think most folks my age will probably struggle to have too many concrete memories of Richard Johnson. Um, would love if anyone wants to point out any tape, um, cause we'd love to show you some Richard Johnson tape. I want to say that, I, so I had, I had GameCube and I had NCAA t- 2003, the one with Joey Harrington on the cover. Uh, Joey Harrington, he's, he's like pointing at the camera. And I want to say Richard Johnson was on that roster, 2002, perhaps, uh, we're number 12, but love a good Coach Holmes comp. Got to hang out with Coach Holmes. That was awesome. Um, Xavion Turner Bradshaw, first touch of the game, trick play. Everyone is going with Jalen Lane, and this was right after Basial Tootin sets us up real nicely on a 50-yard kick return. And Turner Bradshaw just takes it. 47 yards to the his house untouched and this guy is insanely fast you know 
if you watch the end of the clip, it legitimately looks like he needs to put on the brakes, like, or he might need new brake pads or something like might need to take the wheels in for service at the, uh, at the Honda dealer XTB. Um, it's almost like he couldn't decelerate. He was going that fast. Um, really impressed with what we saw out of him. I think every single time he gets the ball, everyone stands up out of their seat and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, unfortunately we scored too quick. The D had just been on the field for a real long drive and they had to go on right after, after that, but uh, really impressed. And I uh, can't wait to see more of him. I only have this written down because uh, I thought of it when you mentioned kickoffs, uh, a, a tweak that NC state made um, that nobody has made yet was after the long return from uh, Tootin they switched to doing pop-ups exclusively to Malachi Thomas, which basically took Tootin's ability to make an impact on uh, special teams out of the game as well. Nice adjustment from, uh, from NC state as well. We don't do uh, special teams breakdowns usually on the post game, but that was a, a good move by them. Flipping the page over to the defense. Like I said, look at the end of the day, Robert and a put on a clinic. Um, this was their second most yards in, in this season in a football game with 408 behind VMI. It's the most points they scored against an ACC opponent. The Virginia Tech defense, unfortunately, could not force a tono- turnover. Could not get off the field on third down, 7-15. The front seven. This is my biggest I-don't-understand uh, point of the back half of the season. Uh, we had eight sacks versus Syracuse. And since then we basically have one and a half sacks. We had a sack in this game. I couldn't remember it. The tech sideline guys couldn't remember it. Brandon Armstrong gave himself up and Norrell Pollard essentially was credited with a sack. Um, but we've only had three sacks, three sacks, two sacks. I'm sorry. In three games since the Syracuse game, um, and then the one stat that I always look for in games like this, the leading tacklers for your Virginia Tech Hokies in this football game were Keontae Jenkins. He had eight. Monsoor Delane, he had eight. And Jalen Stroman, he had seven. Um, say it again, whenever you have guys in your secondary being counted on to make the tackle most of the time, you're probably not going to win the football game. Um, that's what we did. And we did, in fact, not win the football game. So um, the linebackers just it was a tough, tough day to be a Virginia Tech linebacker in space. Um, I really don't have much else to say about it other than that. Uh, the open field tackling was tough. Brennan Armstrong, I got to tip my cap to him, man. I mean, he's limited in what he's able to do, um, but he was extremely effective on Saturday. Um, making people miss, getting out of the pocket, made the throws that he needs to make, made. Um, it was tough. It's tough. It's tough to watch. Tough to watch. I mentioned this before how NC state scored touchdowns in the second and third quarter on five consecutive drives. And I knew going into this game, I mean, the under was, was 42. It was going to be, we thought it was going to be low scoring. Um, and a reason for that is because of how, how these are two defenses that, you know, I mean, you got an NC State offense that is just not very good, and you thought Tech would be able to contain them. And then you have a Virginia Tech um, – or you have an NC State defense that is you know, going to stuff Virginia Tech's offense. Um, so I thought it was going to be a game that uh, field goals – I guess uh, bend-don't break is what I'm trying to say. I thought it was going to be a bend-don't break game for both teams, and whoever could turn their field goal opportunities into touchdowns would win the game. And we actually didn't see any field goals in this game. Um, but you know, it was really that, that NC state stretch where we just could not stop them. Brennan Armstrong had four total touchdowns, 18 to 26 for two Oh three. It was particularly strong on the ground for 89 yards. Um, early on the linebackers had really no ability to contain Casey Concepcion. And we knew going in, he was really the biggest difference maker, on their team, uh, had seven receptions, 63 yards, two touchdowns, and then ran the ball for nine uh, nine carries, 44 yards for a long of 11. He also threw a touchdown on that trick play as well. Um, knew that this guy was going to be someone who's going to be a Swiss Army knife for NC State and kind of just failed to contain him 
Uh, every single time he touched the ball on their first touchdown drive, it was either going for a first down or a positive chunk of yardage. And that kind of set the tone for NC State throughout the entirety of the game. Um, the first touchdown drive for NC State, we were beat on two trick plays. And then fourth and one, they isolated KC and he easily got into the end zone. And then uh, I have down their third touchdown drive, the one right before half. It's second and four, and KC Concepcion seems to get wrapped up. He's going right, and then all of a sudden he just bounces off and scurries left, gets 11 yards, and instead of you know probably having a third and long opportunity to, uh, to get the ball back, he gets a first down chunk gain, and that drive was their longest touchdown drive of the game, uh, 11 plays, and it ended the half. Um, which they got ball right after half as well. So knew that we were going to need uh, need some firepower in the second half to pull away and uh, get back into it. Wolfpack score on the next two possessions out of the half, and it was really just too deep of a hole to get out of. Um, you can't spot an opposition a twenty-eight to seven lead. Uh, you know, starting the third quarter, getting the ball for the first time, and thinking that you're going to have a chance to win the ball game. The last touchdown drive, Brennan Armstrong really just went to work. And, uh, you know, he's had a tough year. His first game back as a starter. Handled the low snap on second and 10 in his own territory. Made a nice throw in the flat to Bradley Rosner for 15 yards. And then the very next play, Feldarius Payne makes an awesome move. uh, Gets by the guard. He pretty much gets to Armstrong in the backfield, but failed to execute on the sack. And there goes Brennan, 43 yards down to the Tech 17. And the next play is the KC Concepcion trick play for the touchdown. And it's pretty much game over. Um, Trick play was very, very similar to the Malachi Thomas touchdown uh, against Syracuse. Same end zone. Uh, But uh, NC State also had a lot of touchdowns on pretty decisive plays early on in the game. Their first two scores, they scored on a fourth and one, and they scored on a third and goal. It was just tough. You know, they did everything that they needed to do offensively to win the football game. They certainly did. And I think to sum it up, coming into the game, we knew two things. I knew it. You knew it. Everybody who paid attention on any level knew it. We had to stop Concepcion, and we had to stop Armstrong from running the football. Um, Concepcion and Armstrong combined for 353 yards and had a hand in every single touchdown that was scored on Saturday. Um, masterful, masterful performance by both. Um, and that's it. That's it. Blue ribbon time. That's blue ribbon. We're giving out some awards. We already gave Peyton Wilson the Buckus award. We might as well give out a, uh, a blue ribbon here this week. Awesome time in lane stadium. We went to all six home games. First time that you and I have gone to all six home games since we started this thing. Um, I think I went to four or five in 2017, the year I graduated. I made it to every home game as a student. That was cool. Being able to uh, to be in lane for every game this year was special. And uh, we, got to, we got to see a lot of people enjoying their Pabst Blue Ribbons. Uh, whether what was, was your favorite game? My favorite game was probably I want to say Pitt. Syracuse was a lot of fun too. I want to say it was Pitt too because that was a, a big ACC win at home. Like we needed we needed I think that was the highest level of we need this more than anything. You had a Not one just three this season in years. Yeah, in years. Yeah, one and three football team playing a conference opponent at home. It's Pittsburgh who has just had our number the last, you know, two plus years. You know, they, the Abana Kanda game last year, um, Kenny Pickett destroyed us the year before. It was kind of just like a finally we can beat Pitt again. <laughs> and there was just so much fun. So much fun at the Pitt game. That was my favorite game, I think. Um, but I had, I had an awesome time at all the games. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's uh, the blue ribbon goes to a great year in Lane Stadium. You know, went four and two. Which, if you told me we would have went four and two, 
in August at home, I would have probably told you we would have won seven games this year. So we're just hoping we could get number six on Saturday. But a good year for Benny's and a good year for PBR. Lane Stadium, only stadium in America in college football where you can buy PBR. I don't know if they're trying to move into new stadiums next year, but I really like being the exclusive, having that exclusive deal. Yeah. So uh, keep it up. We got some cool PBR shirts on Saturday too. I was rocking mine uh, in a few picks. We'll have to upload them. Hey guys, this is Ali Jennings III, wide receiver for your Virginia Tech Hokies. When I committed to Virginia Tech football, I committed to the best. That's why I chose Harvey's GM in Radford. Why settle for less when you can have the best? Go to Harvey's GM for all of your vehicle needs. Tell them Ali sent you. That's Harvey's GM, Tyler Ave in Radford, or go to their website at harveysgm.com for more info. One big thing. One big thing. One big thing. The question of the day from us, and uh, I think this has been debated a little bit, is what was more fun slash more significant? You look at these. You look at these home slates from 2023 and 2019. Pat, why don't you take? Why don't you take 2019? I'll take 2023. Walk me through what? Is, walk me through the journey of 2019 at home. Okay, let's just set this. Ta- let's just set the table real quick. So we are comparing the 2019 home slate, the six games we played at home, against the 2023 home slate. And the cri- the criteria here is what was more significant and what was more fun as a fan. So 2019 have this rough game against Furman at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, orange chrome helmets. I want to say we won the game like 24 to 17, but it was an absolute nail biter at home. Uh, people were pretty uneasy about the, uh, the whole Furman situation. Did we play seven games at home in 2019? I'm going to look this up real quick. I thought I could do it off the memory, but here we're, uh, we're we haven't written down right here. Unless, unless we're missing one, it was Furman, Rhode Island, Duke, UNC, Wake, Pitt. Like I have this weird feeling that we played ODU at home in 2019 because I feel like we definitely did. Yes. Okay. We played seven at home. So that, that gives a little more juice to 2019. We did play seven games at home. So let's, let's start over. We go up to Boston college and we lose awful. And then we host old dominion 31, 17 win. This was the year after they had beaten us in Norfolk. This was Eric Kuma's first time back at lane stadium. I'm even just looking at this now attendance 57,000 at this game so that that's a good data point too you know you know when it's not sold out there's kind of a little little uh sadness in the air we just lost at bc so people were probably you know upset of how things were going and then Furman attendance fifty two thousand. so like yeah we're getting we're getting into a valley here uh, i know a lot of fans Probably we're no longer trying, you know, people wanted Fuente gone at this point um, and they weren't, weren't showing up. Um, Mm. That game was awful. And then we have another home game against the Duke blue devils. And it's like, all right, Friday night, ACC network game of the week on Friday or whatever. uh, White honoring the 99 team, honoring the 1999 team. Tech goes up three to nothing at the end of the first quarter. Like, all right, you know, open an ACC play. Got the lead going into the second quarter. And then all of a sudden Duke scores 21 in the second and blows us out. 45 to 10. Attendance, 59,000. So we're like, all right, between ODU, Furman, and Duke, this has not been very fun so far. And let's listen, Billy Wright. Fun is part of our criteria that we're evaluating. This it on. is. So... I'm not having fun in 2019, okay? I was at the Duke game. It was awful. I took PTO, you know. Not everyone gets gets uh, gets a lot of PTO. So every, every PTO day, can't take it for granted. Then all of a sudden, we change quarterbacks. This guy named Hendon Hooker starts for us. We go to Miami and win 42-35 and pick him off a few times. Awesome. Juice. Back in. All right, so it's October 12th. And we have to play Rhode Island at home? <laughs> 
man, this schedule stinks. Beat Rhode Island 34 to 17 in front of a crowd of 51,000 people. I'm having a hard time believing these numbers. 51,000 people. And mind you, this is before the COVID-19 pandemic where Mm -hmm. these people who are, you know, missing these games, they're going to miss a whole nother year of football. (laughs) So (laughs) I wasn't at the Rhode Island. That is some that is some brutal brutal hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was watching SEC shorts today. I was watching the, the one where they fired Jimbo, and they go to the fort. Or the, this is right when they hired Jimbo. And they go to the fortune teller and they're asking him like, "Hey, how many natties are going? Are we going to win with Jimbo? You know, blah 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 blah." And then uh, they start talking about like COVID and how they're going to miss a shortened season. Um, You'll have to watch it. I'll, I'll put the link in the chat or something. Totally tangent here. Um, so then after the Rhode Island game, it's homecoming, and we play like the best game of all time in front of a sellout <laughs> crowd. And it goes into six overtimes, and we win the football game, and it was unbelievable. And we're like, all right, like we're having fun again. People are actually enjoying time in Lane Stadium. This is great. Um, this is Bud Foster's last year, mind you. So, you know, we got to show out for Bud as well, but we're starting to have fun again. Tech goes up to Notre Dame. Uh, Hendon Hooker is hurt. Quincy starts and lose a heartbreaker 21 to 20 against the 16th ranked Irish up there. But at a conference, uh, we still only have one conference loss. So let's go beat Wake Forest at home where Bud Foster is going to be honored. And we crushed wake forest 36 to 17 very similar vibes ranked wake forest our first ranked win in lane stadium since 2009 which is just a wild stat and that was in front of a sellout crowd who was excited to see uh virginia tech dominate and then we go to georgia tech and beat them 45 nothing and have another awesome time. Wasn't there. Billy Ray was there. Bobby Dodd that day. And then we finished it up. A lot of Hokies were there too. And we finished it up uh, and shut out Pittsburgh. 28-0. Surprising crowd. 55,000. Very surprising number here. Tough weather shut day. Out. Tough weather. was a tough weather day. So... That's the 2019 story. So like you have you have some three you have three awesome moments and then you have four games that are just like why am I getting season tickets? So I don't know. 2023 I thought was awesome as a fan and as someone who went to every game. You had ODU at home. ACC game of the week, 8 p.m. Yeah. Avenge a loss from last year. That's always good. Start off 1-0, always good. The Purdue game is the one anomaly, the one exception we've been talking about, about how, you know, it just doesn't count uh, because of how strange that was. You get a six hour weather delay. I don't think you can do that. In the, you can't do that in this exercise. It's part, it's part of the story. Hey, 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 hey. I'm not doing it for the exercise. I'm just doing it in general. Okay. The exercise, okay. obviously people, yeah, we said it last week. There are people who flew in from California. There's probably some people who are international and the only game that they could go to was Purdue might've been their first ever Virginia tech game. These people, you know, that is a sample size and that is data and it counts. Um, I say it tongue in cheek. Come on. You should know about tongue in cheek. <laughs> I'm just letting people know who knows, who knows who stumbles across this. I do think that that's a, a <laughs> on the, uh, on the, uh, on the uh, experience scale. Not a selling point, not a selling point, but was the, uh, the strangest day in lane stadium history. And then you got three, just all timers in a row. Um, were they significant as far as beating good football teams? No. Were they fun? Yes. Yeah. Pittsburgh, Wake, <laughs> Syracuse. You, you, you beat Pitt at night. You crush Wake on homecoming in front of a sellout. Yeah. You beat Syracuse on Thursday night. And we sold out five of six this year. It's also mm-hmm. just really, really, really good. And, you know, we were there. We saw. I mean, there might have been the top of the student section was. Uh, not full for Saturday, but uh, for NC State. But um, I mean, for on the fun scale, I think I'm giving it to 2023. <clears throat> I need to have a sip of tea. 
on a significant scale, it's 2019. I think I think we can all agree with that. But probably the most two fun football seasons at home in the last you know five or so years. And um, you know, I think there's nothing like winning at home as far as um, you know positive contributions for your football program and, and keeping people engaged and and uh, yeah. Any yeah, I, my only qualm, my only qualm with that is, I think if you're power ranking these games, the UNC six overtime game is is eons above every game that is uh, on the rest of this list, and I think number two is Pittsburgh, um, because of just the significance of it, uh, and beating a Pat Narduzzi team that was really solid that year, and then like the third best game. I'll be honest with you, like the Bud Foster send off winning the first ranked game at home against Wake Forest. Like, say what you will about that. It's still a ranked win. Um, I you're think not, you're not, I'm not trying to be sold on this. I, I'm, I'm, oh, telling I know you're you, not trying to, be, I'm not trying, I know you're not trying to be sold on it, but I, I think if you're arguing, you just said that 2019 wins because of significance. I think it also wins in terms of fun. They just had a bunch of other crap uh, sprinkled in on it. Um, yes, but with were, you, Rhode were Island, you there for you? Were you there for Furman? Were you there for Rhode Island? Were you there for Duke? If we're if we're evaluating the entirety of the resume, those are some quad four losses just for being on the schedule. They certainly I are. I understand Carolina, Wake, and Pittsburgh. Those are all quad one wins. Um, no, the, no, they're quad one. They're quad one fun. Those are the three most fun. If you put all of these games in a basket. If you put all of these games in a basket, those are those are the Kit Kats and those are the uh, Three Musketeers and those are the Snickers of of the options in the in the Halloween basket. I'm grabbing those three first. That's what I'm saying. I think I'm grabbing. I'm probably grabbing those three first too. Mm-hmm. But you still had to live through the ODU and the Furman and the Duke and the Rhode Island. I'm saying you still had That's to live true. through to, to, to drink wine. Sometimes you got to stomp on grapes. Nobody wants to do that, you know. So, but no, I do. I I agree with you. I think I think 2019 and 2023. You'd be hard. You'd be hard pressed. You'd be hard pressed to find two better seasons of home games. Season tickets, money well spent. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I would say I, if you're looking at the totality of it, you're probably the the overall body of work. 2023, man, what an what an awesome year! And how many night games you played? You can consider Purdue a night game, Pittsburgh's a night game, Syracuse is a night game, ODU is a night game, NC State is a night game because of stupid daylight savings. Um, so you know, you know, huh. in theory, every single game. Every single game on the 2022 or 2023 schedule was played under the lights. That's uh, true. Can't say that about the uh, the noon specials of early 2019. And uh, Purdue, as much as that experience sucked, I would take that 10 times out of 10 than Duke 2019. And I think a lot of people I are agree. Well. So, guys, comment something down below uh, on YouTube. I'd love to hear uh, other folks' thoughts on just – uh, comparing 2019 and 2023 but all in all really fun times in lane stadium and uh fortunate that we're able to talk about it um so we are about to do closing thoughts before we do that it's just on my screen now so i'm watching unc greensboro play uh virginia tech and women's basketball just want to take a second to recognize the greatness that is liz kitley they have this uh virginia tech career records uh posted right here Liz Kitley, career career record holder in points, double doubles, field goal makes, field goal percentage, blocks, and thirty plus point games. Incredible! She is beauty. She is grace. She is Liz Kitley. She is the goat. Um, closing thoughts. Roll my sleeves up for this one. This is why the Marshall game and the Purdue game rear their ugly, ugly heads. You have to win the game this week. Um, I said this following the, I said this at the beginning of the season that success, in my opinion, um, or the bar is going to a bowl game. By the nature of this season, it's very difficult not to look at this year um, as two chapters. The first chapter, 
um, when we're figuring out what our offense is going to be. And the second chapter of we figured out where we're going to be. We lose to Louisville. We lose to Florida State and we lose to NC State. Now, if we were to have won this game this week and lost next week, I have a hard I'm obviously upset that we lose to UVA, but we're going to a bowl game. We get the extra month of bowl preparation and you double your win total from last year and you can use that as some positive momentum. It has now come to the point where you must beat UVA to go to bowl eligibility. Am I scared of Saturday? I am. It's a scary, scary game to play, but am I excited about the opportunity? Am I excited that this game means even more than just the Commonwealth Cup and re, um, re-upping your season pass that we have been getting for basically every single year for the last two decades? You bet your boots on that, partner. So that's my one big thing. This is huge, huge on Saturday. And we'll both be there. So looking forward to it. We will be gobbling down to Charlottesville on Saturday. I think uh, I think some other things are just like, man, do we need to score in the first quarter next week? Um, another scoreless first quarter for Virginia Tech last week. And um, just, you know, we know our identity. Let's go ahead and, and execute on it. Yeah, this is how we are going to beat football teams. This is how we are going to win games. You know, we've done it five times this year. And all five times we've been able to play our game and run the football. Um, I think our, also we're, we're kind of just figuring out, all right, what are our immediate needs from the transfer portal as we head into the offseason? Um, I know that hey, we got to win on Saturday and would love to, to make a bowl game. Um, so we can learn even more about this team, but we also, you know, this is a long-term fanhood and uh, we got to look forward to seeing what areas of need we need to cover for next year. And it's going to be uh, defensive line. It's going to be in the linebacker room and then you know, some adjustments and in, in some, uh, some new guys and new faces on the offensive line as well. But uh, all in all, it has been exciting to have a second half of the year completely different from the first half of the year uh, as you, as you kindly broke it down there, Billy Ray. So Sharky shout outs, other stuff from game day, uh, mementos here. Do you want to kick things off? Any, uh, any folks you wanted to address shout out? Yeah. Yeah. First and foremost, I, I want to shout out. This is something that, um, we knew was a storyline coming into the year. And it was a hot wing and hotter take submission was that baby Elsie, uh, Bryce and Macy Chalkley's lovely, lovely daughter was going to make it to her first football game at Lane Stadium. You want to go to a football game for every year that you're on earth. Well, guess what? She was able to make it to Lane Stadium before she turned one. She has been to more football games in Lane Stadium than she has made trips around the sun. Um, so that was really, really cool. Um, made her way in, I think in the second quarter, the second half, um, six month old baby Elsie made it, um, really, really cool. Adorable photos. Awesome core memory for the chocolate family. Uh, Bryce is always good at, at the one liners. So we all take the photo. We all are patting him on the back. Hey, that's great. You got a couple people Bryce probably doesn't know. And he turns around and he goes, hey, guys, congratulations. You will be on my wall for the rest of, uh, for the rest of our lives. So pretty cool. Um, so excited she was able to, uh, to make it out to the game. Um, aside from that, shout out to Nina Temple uh, and Richard Lockbaum, who are now the Lockbombs, uh, thebomb.com. I was at their wedding in Asheville, North Carolina, on Friday, absolutely beautiful, quaint. Um, had it at Highland Brewing in uh, Asheville. Asheville's awesome. West Carolina is awesome. Um, those are uh, those are my shoutouts. I'm gonna do my best to get this picture of Elsie and the gang uploaded here on the uh, <clears throat> on the YouTube real quick. But yeah, I got. Got a few as well. I thought it was really cool when Corey Moore was honored during the first quarter. Uh, people were really fired up to see Corey Moore back, College Football Hall of Fame inductee. So that was awesome. 
Uh, there was a really cool picture that had uh, Coach Beamer and Corey Moore and Coach Wiles. Coach Wiles did coach Corey Moore when Coach Wiles was at Virginia Tech. We did start a Charlie Wiles chant uh, early in the first half on Saturday uh, as he was uh, near us on the sideline. So that was awesome. Uh, for the viewers on YouTube, there is the group photo here. Uh, we mm. got Macy holding baby Elsie. We have Bryce looking proud as ever. And then the rest of the gang, special shout out to Coach Holmes uh, getting in there as well, making the journey from Colorado. This is the great centennial. Is that what they call Colorado? He's somewhere. I think he's in Castle Rock uh, between um, Denver and um, wherever Air Force plays. What is that called? Something Colorado Springs. Colorado Springs, Springs. Baby. Yeah, Colorado Springs. The Springs. Yeah, but the Critters were out. The Critters <laughs> were out all day on Saturday. You had Elsie making it to her first game. And then you had the Barlow Critters running around. I believe uh, Nolan and Kellen, uh, cute kids hanging out in Section 5 in the front row. And then Ainsley, Ainsley Claire Hagen, was uh, joined with O'Neill and O'Neill's parents. Great to see them as well. Uh, shout out to my guy, Linwood Moore. Uh, just always looking out. Always looking out. Special guy. Love my guy, Linwood. Um, ran into Zach Hoban and Eddie O at Sharkies. Hung out with them a long while. Uh, probably see them in Charlottesville here this upcoming weekend. Uh, it's have to part a Sharky shout out there. Shout out to JJ at Sharkies as well. Got to catch up with him on Saturday. Did have um, some notes. The club soccer team. So when I was at Salesforce, I worked with Bill Bodziak. And uh, Bill wanted me to drop a note here uh, to shout out the folks on the Virginia Tech men's club soccer team who did some awesome things this season. Uh, they had an undefeated regular season, and they won regionals in Richmond in October. And so when you win regionals, you get to get invited to nationals, which this year was in Austin. They beat Colorado to nothing, and they tied UCLA in the uh, in their group, so they qualified for the knockout round. Tied Missouri 0-0 uh, after overtime, and then Tech won in PKs in the Elite Eight. They went with toe to toe with Rutgers. A lot of Rutgers matchups this fall. Went to overtime. Tech won two to one. And then in the final four, they beat Ohio State in overtime. Uh, it scored with minutes remaining to win one nothing. So you got three back-to-back-to-back overtime or penalty kick finishes. The Cinderella run comes to an end after losing to the 12-time champion BYU, but the boys can hold their heads high, representing Tech and their families in amazing fashion this year. It's a student-run team. There's no coaches, and they're nearly 100% student-financed. Follow uh, them on Instagram at VT Club Soccer. I uh, got some cool pictures here as well that I wanted to uh, to share. A little bit of a uh, a three three picture collage here on the screen. Uh, but shout out to our guys. They finished ranked number two in the country uh, for uh, for uh, losing in the finals there to BYU. But a really good job by those guys and uh, cool shout out. Thank you, Bill, for sharing. And then uh, last one here. Bryce, Mark Antonio coming on the podcast. I think we'll do 10, 10, uh, 15 minutes uh, at the end of our UVA preview. Uh, he is in Fiji at Virginia Tech every year, Fiji at Tech and Fiji at UVA. They raise a ton of money for the V Foundation for Cancer Research, um, and they do a, a pretty cool tradition where the ball, the game ball, is run from one campus to the other. So this year it's run from – Wow. Virginia Tech to Charlottesville uh, before kickoff. Uh, I think they do like a, a handoff in Lynchburg, um, but BT Fiji already has raised $16,000 for the V Foundation for Cancer Research. Uh, so I think we're going to have Bryce on later this week to chat about it and uh, give us the scoops. Probably see him here this weekend in Charlottesville as well. So that's it. It's hate week. Um, maybe we'll do some fun social media posts 
that's not a maybe. We definitely will. We'll pull all the Colin Cowherd clips. We'll pull all the fun memes and uh, we'll pull out all the stops. It's always fun going up to Charlottesville. Probably going to watch it Boylan Heights for the Michigan-Ohio State game, which starts at noon. And uh, looking forward to seeing everyone up there. Is that a podcast? I'm adding this to the dossier next week. Um, I'd love to run down. Uh, I don't know how we can organize this, but I would love to do some sort of like pick them for 10 games for rivalry week. Uh, do a little, little friendly competition, plant your flag somewhere. But do you have any of the games that you are most lo- – any under-the-radar games? Of course, we're all fired up for our game. We're all fired up for Ohio State. Um, but are there any other games that you're looking at that you're really excited to watch? Uh, under the radar, I guess this is probably the biggest civil war in decades. Mm-hmm. Um, considering this is probably the last civil war. Friday night, long. it's Friday night. Um, you got you got Oregon, who you know is probably a few games away from making the playoff. Assuming what happens in the Pac-12 championship, you got Oregon State, who's the best best Oregon State team in a while. Uh, you got the Egg Bowl. I don't know if that's that exciting this year. I'm sorry, mm. Billy Ray. Mm. Um, North Carolina, NC State should be a battle. I, I, I like that. You got an NC State team who could win 10 games this year. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. um, Florida yeah. State, Florida. I got to tell you, the committee the committee has got to be tied in knots about this week. I mean, there are, there are so many weird situations that could uh, – that could unfold you have um, louisville man. versus kentucky um louisville's really base rate boat race them louisville's jockeying for probably their highest final ranking in school history potentially mm-hmm. um crazy to think that if louisville doesn't have an injured running back against pittsburgh that the hsc championship could be a de facto playing game mm-hmm um, mm-hmm. but they fumbled the bag at Heinz field. Any that was a one? podcast. That's it. We didn't finish that strong here. You threw no, the, uh, through the, uh, I didn't think we were going to get that question here, but yeah, I think that's all the games. Georgia, Georgia tech, not going to be exciting. Shouldn't be exciting. You never know. Fighting brand keys could show up. Who knows? Line's 24 and a half or uh, 24 for Georgia. I'm surprised it's not larger than that. Oh, the iron ball. Yeah. Alabama's got to go to Jordan Hare. You never know what Auburn can do after losing by three scores at home to New Mexico State. It's true. Well, we will be back here in a couple of days previewing this game. I hope you guys are getting ready. Pack your blue jeans, pack your sweatshirts, leave your bow ties at home. Leave your Cabernet and your Merlot at home, and let's win a football game on Saturday. Let's get full eligible. Let's do it. And shout out to Britney Spears for putting us on her Instagram. It's time to wander, tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand by the saw you. Dance like you want to in my head And all that she said is Oh, I know it's what you're thinking